You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown with three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown. You get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. going on guys welcome to another episode of peer pleasure with dewey halpas i am dewey your host with the most bringing you more great content week after week this week we have the returning alumni of the show christina michelle from gouge away she is now the bass player of nothing another fantastic band that we also have more members coming on the show of uh but she came into the studio and uh so we did this in person so there's no video or anything like that um which is kind of how I prefer it, I guess. It's kind of weird having cameras everywhere, especially if it's not just you. Um, So there's not a video version of this podcast uh, episode, but this was a great episode, a great chat. Christina is super open and does not do many of these. Um, So I really feel blessed that uh, she feels comfortable enough to come in and chat with me um, in the studio about some pretty deep shit. And I really really value that. Um, It's something that I really need is the realness and the genuine um, connection with people. It really, it really helps me uh, stay grounded. It helps me stay sane. Uh, it helps me stay motivated. I mean, it's it's uh, the motivation I get from these episodes is is huge. Whether it's super deep or not, um, just connecting with another human being is what life is all about. And it, it really um, doing it in a way that it's entertaining and someone else wants to listen to it is also a super strange thing to think about. Um, but it's something we do in this podcast world and, and, um, yeah, I'm just grateful to be a part of it and got into it when I did because, um, there is a lot out there. So I'm glad we established ourselves early in this scene. Uh, but thank you again to Christina for coming on. Gouge has music coming out. 
uh, as we talk about, it's not necessarily new music. It's music they had way back when uh, the band had disbanded, and they're bringing that music out now, and it's really, really fantastic. Um, so check out the new music on Spotify. Um, I believe there's a record on the way and and uh, of, of new music, and also her work with Nothing. You see them live on tour, uh, you'll see her, and, and it's just awesome. I'm so stoked. Uh, that she's doing so many great things with music, and uh, you know, in uh, another friend here in Portland um, to to bounce ideas off of and give recommendations to. Um, that's kind of how things started uh, with her and I. Was you know, here's a recommendation for this, or here's this, or um, you know, moving from Florida across country um, with uh, just their van loaded full of stuff. It's, it can be terrifying moving to a new city like that. So uh, I'm glad they've acclimated, and it was super awesome to have her. So I'm going to quit rambling here. Let's get some business out of the way, and we'll jump right into the episode. So purepleasurepodcast.com is the website. Purepleasurepod at gmail.com is the email if you want to get in touch with me with uh, guest ideas or questions or comments. Uh, we also have the premium service, which is purepleasure.supportingcast.fm. That's where you get the old videos of the episodes, the ad-free feed, as well as the past cast. Uh, we also have the Facebook group, the Peer Pleasure Podcast Inner Circle. Find us on there. Uh, give us a give us a um, what is what the fuck do you even call it? Uh, sign up on there, and we'll let you in for sure. It's a private group just because there's like, personal stuff being talked about on there. Um, but we also are on YouTube, so not this episode, but everything else uh, over the last year or so has been put on YouTube. So that is just Peer Pleasure Podcast on YouTube. So go check us out there. All right. I'm going to stop rambling. Let's get into this one. Here is my part two conversation with Christina Michelle from Gouge Away and Nothing. like the like a temperature warning like uh-huh. i thought my phone was gonna shut down on the way here so i was like <laughs> i hate that that would not be good <laughs> that happens to me anytime my phone's charging anywhere not in the house oh it, it happens and, to you yeah it says it well it stops 80 percent, and it says we're like it says stopping charge it's an iphone 
and it says like stopping charging uh until temperature cools down or until temperature rightens uh-huh. or whatever you call it yeah it's fucking <laughs> stupid uh have you ever had it just shut down entirely on you like just go black and it won't charge or won't do anything it did like a couple of weeks ago um but it was fine. I like didn't really have to be anywhere, so it was uh-huh. okay. But getting here, I was like, "No, <laughs> please don't, <laughs> please work." Is your AC broken? It's just I don't have like any tint or anything, so it's just oh, it's just my clear. car's just hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awful. I went yeah. all. Uh, I went, are you comfortable? Like you're good to go. Like I think so. You can put that. You can put that mic anywhere you want, as long as. The weight is facing you and the mic because if you tilt it one way, it'll tip tip over. Okay. So you can put it anywhere you want. I'm just I think trying this to... is good. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Hey, 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 hey. Give me a little check there. We'll... Check, check. One, Perfect. two. Awesome. We can just roll into it, I guess. But but yeah, clear clear windows. I had <laughs> my dad passed away and I he left me his his car well he didn't leave me his car my mom's like do you want this car i was like sure and ac went out immediately and mm-hmm. i went all last year with no ac like 113 degree days my god it was a, it was a test in like uh survival just yeah. getting home from work it was crazy wow how'd you do that windows down <laughs> and just kept my mind on something like i would just be sweating like i'd start getting like you could feel your heart start like palpitating. Yeah. I was like, well, I got to get home. Jesus. <laughs> I was like, it can't be that many days like this in in one uh, one summer, but it sure as hell was. Yeah. It's interesting how like most of the spring and summer is pretty bearable. And then it's like mm-hmm. a couple weeks where you're like, damn, it would be, it would be nice to have AC right now. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys, so you guys have been here for a while now. Like mm-hmm. you, your place set up with AC and all that stuff now. Like you guys, I think I remember oh, you mentioning yeah. it. Like there was no, we did not like have dying. AC, um, and it was like a hundred degrees or something. And we got to um, our friends are going out of town, and we're like, "Can you house it for us?" And mm. we were like, "Absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> you're doing us a bigger favor than we are you." Um, but yeah, Tommy went out, and last year was dying. Um, so he went and got like a little AC unit. Mm-hmm. Works good. Good. Mm-hmm. It's it's getting worse here. I, and you guys coming from Florida, like everywhere in Florida has air conditioning. So yes. people assume you guys are used to the heat. I don't think you guys truly are because you're everywhere you go is just wonderful inside. Yes. Outside <laughs> is just is garbage, hot yeah. garbage everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember the last time we did Florida. We actually the band broke up in Florida in Miami and I remember oh. all the toll roads like <laughs> we would we would spin the van around in like the the greenway so we would avoid like we just got sick of like okay we gotta go how much further before we can get out of here yeah just turn the wheel trailer and everything just through the median basically like down the hill up and then back <gasps> to the other road it was uh it was a weird time like we were really stressed out like Whoa. it was not fun but yeah Miami those tolls are brutal too. Yeah, mm-hmm. Miami was not fun. That's where everything came to an end, and everyone was pissed off. Like, oh, oh no. we're going out on the town. Let's let's send this out in style or whatever. I was like, I'm just gonna stay here and go to sleep because it was awful, <laughs> awful. 
try to figure out how to try to figure out how to do everything like our management didn't know what was going on really mm-hmm. oh yeah just just uh yeah that's cool just break up cool instead of <laughs> go on hiatus so you don't owe 75 grand whoever like all these things we didn't know oh just wow. all came to be it was awful with no no guidance not no guidance they just were we weren't guided in the right way yeah I guess. it was awful whoa it was awful i don't know uh like with gouge away like if you guys have like <laughs> seasoned management or uh uh even with nothing like seasoned management that if something like that happens they can guide you in the right way like hey go about it this way word it this way Gaujoy has no management. We tried it on for a few months, but it wasn't really for us. I'm still friends with those people. I really mm-hmm. like the people that worked for us, but like management just wasn't our style at the time. And um, nothing is basically like in Gaujoy, I feel like that kind of falls on me. But then with nothing, a lot of that falls on Nikki. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has. He has management, but it's almost more of like his like assistant. Mm-hmm. So she's awesome, Marissa. Nice. Um, yeah. Yeah. If, if it's one person like handling all that stuff, it it's always like an assistant, I think. Like, yeah, because you're so intertwined with the the goings on. Like, if it's like you're, because that's kind of how nothing is, right? Like, it's Nikki's it's Nikki's show essentially. Like, he he makes most of the decisions and mm-hmm. direction and stuff. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Because Gaujaway is not like that. Seems more like a collective, or is it you and Tommy? And then, uh, like, how does how does Gaujaway work as far as Ooh. the writing? Part? Is this something we can talk about? Because <laughs> um, it's mostly like everyone together. Hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know how much I can say, how much, uh, how open I can be about this because I do compare both bands a lot now. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done, I started Gougeway, so I've been here the whole time, but I've only been in nothing for like a year. Yeah. So the whole past year, obviously, I'm like, in Gougeway, we do it this way. In Gougeway, we do it that way. Um, but I can see why, like with Gougeway, we all, like everyone's input is heard, even if it all doesn't get used. Mm-hmm. But with nothing, it's, um, Nikki pretty much makes almost all of the decisions if not all of the decisions and like i totally understand why (laughs) (laughs) he gets things done so much faster yeah yeah that makes sense that makes sense uh because yeah with one person you just have to not necessarily have to please one person but there's one vision Mm -hmm. it's kind of a blessing and a curse though too with that because depending on where you stand as a musician too because like with me when when i was in portugal man like i didn't have any creative control i didn't need any creative control Mm -hmm. but after a while i started feeling like why am i even doing this like i'm playing other people's songs and like putting my life on hold to do this it was a weird thing started creeping in my head that way Mm -hmm. because that's not where i was as a musician i was kind of over it at that time but i think if i wasn't i'd be a lot more into it like oh this is rad oh we're going where okay cool but it started to be like, okay, I'm doing this every night, same thing. Like, and then, oh, we're doing that. Cool. Uh, what days do I need to keep free? That kind of thing. Um, it was more of just a job. Yeah. And, uh, so, 
there was good and bad to it but with johnny having the the vision and everything and all that responsibility like i would not want that either oh yeah so i was never really <laughs> happy anywhere <laughs> yeah yeah it's i feel like i'm in that spot right now too where i am comparing both bands and i've been talking to like some friends about it too where it's like i feel like with galway i get this from them and get like this from this role that I don't get from nothing, but in nothing I get this mm -hmm. that I don't get from Gaujoy. So it's like always back and forth. And I don't know, it's hard to, I don't even know if there's like a better or worse. It's just kind of like what you enjoy, I guess. Some people don't want to take on like a leadership role and are happy to just like work, mm -hmm. just show up and be available. And then some people want to be really creative and have a vision. So it's interesting. You get both though. You get yeah. both. How do you how do you reconcile that then? Like, like you're on tour. Well, Gaudway's been away for a while. Coming back now. Well, maybe not been away for a while. I don't know. But like, you moved to Portland. Yeah. And then like it was all nothing stuff like going yeah. on after that. Uh -huh. So you're on tour with them for months and months and months and months without having the Gaudway side of things in the same capacity you did where you guys were on the road touring all the time. Like how do you reconcile that doing like, could you be happy doing like, say, say Gaudre wasn't coming back. Would you be happy just doing nothing for the rest of your career? Or would you want to start something else where you had more creative control? Um, this might be a loaded question. I don't know why yeah. I'm taking this down this path. I feel, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, um yeah it is so loaded because it's also like i love nothing so much like i love those people and mm -hmm. we have so much fun and it's just like the wildest year i've ever had in my life is just because of them yeah <laughs> um i feel like uh, i don't know it's hard to juggle two bands for sure but i feel like i do I feel like if I only did nothing, I would miss, I'd feel like I was missing out on being very creative. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I'd possibly like maybe have some like stepping on Nikki's toes or <laughs> something. <laughs> I like, I have that like leadership side of me too, where like, I think from day one, he was like complaining about something he had to do. And I was like, I could do it. I can help. Mm -hmm. Like, let me know. <laughs> and like all the time I'll be like, I could do it. I can help. I can. And it's like, it's hard though, too, because I totally understand. It's so hard when you've been in control for so long to give up control as well mm -hmm. and like trust people. That's a big word there. Yeah. That's the, <laughs> a small word, but a huge word. Trust yeah. and control are so crucial to everything. Mm -hmm. You could, you could tie it to absolutely everything. We're talking like mental health stuff, like just genuine happiness. Like there's so many things tie into trust and control it's crazy <laughs> if you think about it like life itself is all trust and control uh-huh like we walk down the street we're trusting that all those people in the cars driving past us know what they're doing otherwise we'd be just like yeah. looking all the time like <laughs> we'll just put it out of our minds these people know what they're doing they're not going to run me down or you know they're not going to veer off the road that's not a five-year-old behind that wheel like Things like that. You stop at a stop. You cross a crosswalk. Mm -hmm. You go to the doctor. You go. Everything 
is trust and control. I don't know how much of it we just blindly give away. I think a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's a scary thing to think about when you think about it literally. I, this is a side thing, but like I saw this um, this picture. I don't know if it was a it's not a meme, but like it was on Instagram or something. And it was a picture, like a hand-drawn picture of how much uh, how much of the world we give away to cars. And it was basically just a bunch of sidewalks. And wherever there was a street, it was just a hole in the earth. So you literally have like a little sidewalk and a crosswalk. Mm-hmm. And, all the, and everything else is just like you'd fall off the face of the earth. And it showed like how much we'd given up to to cars and, yeah. and it was a weird thing to think about like reversing how we look at things <laughs> yeah anyways this is a whole nother tangent <laughs> i'm trying to describe it the right way because it struck me i was just like because i have nothing against cars but i was just like you're right yeah like it's if i want to go there i have to, to go here it. and there i can't just walk there unless i'm in a field yeah it's wild mm-hmm. it's wild we have like 10% of the the populated earth we have that we can actually walk or do whatever on without getting killed. Oh, no. It's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting. But uh, anyways, trust and control. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't try to think where I'm going with this in my head. My head's getting all jumbled up now. Um, but yeah, like how much we give away just freely without it. Like even today, like even today, like, hey, come to the studio. All right, cool. Wait a minute. And now we're in a basement studio in a in a, <laughs> yeah. like locked doors. Like I almost thought about it for a second. I was like, are you totally comfortable doing this? Because I like I don't do this often because not a lot of people live in Portland that come on the show. Uh-huh. Um, but I thought about it for a second. I was like, wow, we've never actually met before. But cool. <laughs> right? Like I felt weird about it for a second. I was like, I hope she's not terrified. Um No, it's anyway. funny too. You're like, it's you're like, it's the basement of this. Wait, but it's not like a scary, creepy basement, though. <laughs> I was trying to quantify it. Like, okay, it's a locked door with a code, and it's a basement, mm-hmm. and you need to be here at this time. It's just weird. In today's in today's world, but also just in any aspect, I always think about that. Yeah. Because I don't want people to be uncomfortable, but also it is weird. It's in a basement, but it's a, like a public <laughs> basement full of people, um, not a, like, here's my video game basement. Or yeah. So I appreciate you being here. Long story short, but um, anyway, I understand it can be weird. It's podcasts. There's always like it looks always like on video and stuff. It looks like it's different where you're at, but if you turn the camera around, it looks like mm-hmm. like this, like the unfinished walls or like stuff laying around and yeah. anything that's not on on video. So, anyways, I get to see it all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but. Anyways, how, so how are you? How's, how's your, how's your head? How's your mental health? How's your, your, I know last time we discussed some stuff, but, and I know, um, we always go all over the place, but how how are you doing? Like, how are things going? I'm doing fantastic and I've been very excited to come back here. Mm -hmm. Excellent. (laughs) Yeah. Um, it's interesting because I was actually thinking about this recently and then you hit me up about coming back and I was like that is crazy timing but um I feel like the last time I was on the show I was like closing this big ass 30 year heavy chapter (laughs) 
on my life and who I was and trying really hard to open a new one. And I feel like I was here just at that moment and just felt very like I had a lot going on and I just moved from Florida. Like everyone's like, you couldn't have moved any further. And I'm like, I know that was on purpose. And um, yeah, I just feel like the last like couple years, everything's been getting better and I'm really excited to be back here. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> tell me, tell me about that. Like what, what changes, uh, what spawned the change? And then like, what changes have you made that you're having success with? Because that's huge. I know you were super nervous last time too. So I was, I was, uh, I was, I was really, I felt so bad because I could tell you were so nervous and I was just like, oh man, I'm, I feel so bad. Uh, but it, it, we pulled it off. It was great. Yeah. But I, I could tell like something was there, like something was like eating at you. So like, I hate these things. Yeah. Well, there um, you go. <laughs> <laughs> I, like people will ask me to do podcast interviews and I ignore them. I'm sorry. Um, someone like tagged me in a thing a few months ago. I was like, get Christina on your podcast. And I literally responded. And I was like, no, they're scary. <laughs> 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 but like, um, I had a great time being on yours and I've just been looking forward to coming back. So yeah, awesome. it's awesome. it's very unique. It's a different vibe. Um, yeah, you already know that. But... Well, it means a lot. It means a lot. It really does. Because, I mean, it's just two people chatting. Like, that's all it is. It's it, it, like bare bones. Yeah. That's what it is. But it's just, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it is about the show that, that, that gra people gravitate towards. It. I still don't really know what it, why. <laughs> I appreciate it and I love it because I love doing it and I feel weird if I don't do it. Like, yeah. I feel like I'm missing something. Um, I feel like other music podcasts, I'm not talking crap on anyone who does them at all, um, but I feel like when you're on this side of it and like answering the questions, sometimes it feels a little like job interviewee where it's like, I'm doing this and I'm working really hard and these are the events that led up to this. Mm -hmm. And, um, I don't know, you do this like more conversational style where I feel like people get to listen to artists that they like, just be themselves more than like answer mm -hmm. the same things that they get asked in like 170 times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How do you do this? How do you do that? That's like, and that stuff comes up from time to time too. Like yeah. it's just gen like, it naturally does especially when you're talking to musicians and artists and stuff and that's not even what this start maybe that's what it is it, this didn't actually even start that way. it's this started as a music podcast because those are the people i knew mm -hmm. and that's how i knew how to start it wasn't even like the focus like i'm gonna make a podcast about music it's just like okay let me reach out to some people that maybe people would want to listen to they're all musicians yeah that's what happened and then it just like continued that route and every once in a while I go out of those boundaries, but it just keeps growing. Like, oh, so-and-so, you know, like you introduced me to Nikki, like he's coming on after you. Like it's going to be a nothing, a nothing afternoon, <laughs> but um, stuff like that. Like it's more natural that way. Cause it's not like, Hey, I went through your publicist and here's the, you go on this show and then you go to this one. And, and uh, anyways, I could talk yeah. about that stuff all day, but um, I feel like it's almost like, um, where people first and musicians second or mm -hmm. something like that. I don't know, but I try to find the humanity yeah. in everybody because that's, what's interesting. Mm -hmm. 
Because that's in, inevitably what makes the music good. Yeah. Is what's coming from you. It's not this person's like a lot of times naturally gifted at something. Maybe they're not. Maybe they struggle with it. Maybe they have to do this. Maybe they don't like doing this, mm-hmm. but they have to. You know, like mm-hmm. it's weird. It's push and pull. <laughs> yeah. Like it's in you. Like you have to do this, but you don't like doing it. That kind of thing. Like that's one thing that's weird when I hear a lot. Mm-hmm. It's like I can't do anything else or, you know, it's weird to be a musician because you have to be a musician versus because you want to be a musician. Yeah. It's an interesting thing. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like when you, you said you started a new chapter, like what, what do you have in success with in that? Like to feel like you've, you've started a different life, I guess. That's an interesting way to put it. Like you kind of like shut the door on this. Yeah. And now you're going to do the next section. <laughs> um, well, we all went through COVID together and that uh-huh. obviously made a lot of people stop and slow down. And I feel like I got time to just like face a lot of things that I was too busy to get to deal with as mm-hmm. much as I wanted to. Like I was going on tour and being like, mentally unwell I feel like I have been my whole life but I've always been like so busy that it that was always like in the background just existing there um and then COVID happened and made everything stop and I don't know if I really like said this to anyone other than like my friends but Gaudre was completely like shut down to like we decided like I decided um, that it was no more and I didn't see myself doing it ever again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And I, I, we put ourselves on hiatus, but really I was like a hiatus is just like a what if situation. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to make a grand announcement or anything, but I said goodbye to the band. I was like, I'm done. This is it. And uh, I just completely, instead of trying to like, fix everything for the band and be like okay everything is postponed everything's canceled our recording is pushed back instead of trying to like fix all that stuff that was completely out of control there's control again Mm -hmm. (laughs) um i just was like forget it and i just focused on myself and had time to do that and um i think one of the things I went so far in the deep end of like every mental health like thing you're suggested to do, like yoga, um, therapy, meditation, like anything you can say like to tell someone to do, I was doing. Mm-hmm. But I think the one like kind of life changing thing for me was like I did this guided meditation and I'm horrible at meditating. I'm. I'm horrible at it, but (laughs) I did a guided one and it turned out being something that I really, really needed. And it was just like viewing yourself, um, who you are now and like in the past and like actually seeing yourself in your head and like what you look like and how you feel and all that stuff. And I saw myself as this just like gray, (laughs) like 
depressed shell of a person. And I could see like specific moments in time that I could think of where I was like at my lowest. And um, you are like supposed to give yourself, um, like show yourself compassion that you wish someone else had shown you. And Mm -hmm. you could like give yourself a hug or just like tell yourself something you wanted to hear. And I did that and like cried it out for like that person. And then on the other hand, you're supposed to imagine the person that you want to be and see who that is. And I had this like very clear idea of what I wanted. And I think just like having that image in my head, almost like, um, it was almost like, I wasn't consciously making decisions every day to turn into that. But I feel like once I saw that, my life just started like moving in that way. And Mm. I started making decisions for myself. Like the subconscious. Yeah. Like you change your subconscious voice and every decision filters through that. Mm Mm-hmm. That's interesting. It's like looking through a new (laughs) lens. Yeah. But the the work it takes to get there is is crazy. Like the, I can't. Oh, I want I want to do meditation so badly. I just cannot. I have ADHD and it's awful. It's so hard. <laughs> but what you're saying is being able to go to that place. It just it changed everything. Like from that point. So after trying everything that people like you said everything people say, try this, try this, try this. You tried it all. Mm-hmm. But this guided meditation, was this like a class guided meditation or like online? It was actually an astrologer. <laughs> really? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Honestly, astrology has really shown up for me and helped me a lot. And I get why some people wouldn't like it if you're only introduced to like the Instagram shallow version of it. But mm-hmm. I lean on it quite a bit sometimes because i'll find those moments every once in a while that like really help interesting Mm -hmm. man i that's something i've not delved into either because it seems so far-fetched to me as like a (laughs) a linear logical mind i get it it's i don't have like i don't i don't watch like like fantasy movies or like lord of the rings or harry potter stuff like that like because i don't understand i don't I don't I identify with it, I guess, or like uh, resonate with it because mm-hmm. I just think of how, in my mind, how it's not real. Yeah. Instead no, I get of it. maybe <laughs> this could be something there to pull from. Maybe I'm missing everything. Yeah. But it's so hard. I I admire you for being able to dig into that because I cannot as hard as I try. Yeah. <laughs> I will keep trying, but I can't get to that point where you get that like acceptance of of accepting that thoughts will still come in your head instead of focusing on the thoughts and letting them wash like letting them wash over you i can't get i focus on all of them mm-hmm. when i get frustrated and i give up mm-hmm. um but my god okay so crying it out hashing it out m- guided meditation seeing so what i'm picturing when you're telling me like seeing yourself in gray like i'm picturing that um uh, I think it was a graphic novel first, like Persepolis, where it's all black and white, and it's like a young girl, and 
there's like all this stuff going on, but the, I just picture the black and white grayscale, like graphic novel kind of um, oh, yeah. art, I guess, where you kind of walk from the color into that other realm mm -hmm. and actually talk to yourself. That's fascinating. I've never heard of that, but now I want to check that you out. You should. It's, it's, in, it's in Italian, I think. Um, cool. But it's it's called Persepolis. I hope I'm saying that right. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but to be able to do that on that plane of... Do you know that band Yob? Uh, vaguely. Oh, they're so good. <laughs> Mike Scheidt from Yob. I had him on the show very early on. And he... I forget what it's called. Forgive me for messing this up. Um similar to what you're saying i think he is like a meditation like master he he would go in and actually move things around like like fixing a car Whoa. he would go in and find what was wrong and move things around and fix them in live time this is so out there I, i'll have to go back and listen to this because i don't remember all of it but he's basically like diagnosing the problems like a mechanic would do and then hand me this wrench and you know tighten Whoa. this up loosen this replace this picking pieces out like a um like a switchboard operator or yeah. a, um what are those those synth um walls of synth stuff where you can you know put different patches together he was doing that in his mind wow in live time to correct past traumas and uh, work through stuff like that, which sounds like expert level kind of stuff, but there's similarities there where mm -hmm. you're going and influencing yourself. Now, have you done any of this? Uh, this was all done not on any kind of psychedelic. That was pre-psychedelic. Pre okay. <laughs> You said pre-psychedelic. I was going to ask if that's a mushroom guy. Is he in the I don't know, actually. I'm sure he probably is. Well, yeah. I don't want to assume that, but at his level of doing things, I think yeah. he probably has done it and tried it. You know, um, he had like severe health issues, like diverticulitis and stuff like that. He was in the hospital for long periods of time. And I think that spawned a lot of that, um, that healing. But it's interesting how much is in there that we never tap into and it might be a little terrifying if yeah. we open that box you know some people never come back from that some people try it once and they lose <laughs> their mind um the amount of power we have in there and that's something it looks like you tapped into is finding that power to fix yourself mm -hmm. which you never everything is that way i guess with like therapy is supposed to help you hear yourself say things that you wouldn't normally say through guided help. Yeah. You know, college teaches you how to research on your own and find your answers. Like everything is basically trying to teach you that you have the power to do it. Mm-hmm. Just kind of interesting to think about. Yeah. I've had some moments like that in therapy as well. Um, I did that for probably like a year during this whole time. But yeah. Yeah. It's interesting too mm -hmm. how I had one example where like um I was basically like letting I went through a falling out with some people and they're my 
best friends at the time. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't something that was like fitting into my life anymore. And I just needed some space, but they couldn't um, understand that. Mm-hmm. So we had a big falling out and I just like, I would go to her every week, just like in tears. Like, I feel like I can beg them to be my friends again and they won't take me back. And like, what did I do wrong? And I'm saying all the right things and all this stuff. And finally, one day I go to her and I'm just like, okay, so <laughs> I finally still stood up for myself. And she was like, okay, so you're tired of being a doormat now. And I was like, <laughs> You knew this whole time. <laughs> absolutely did, too. Oh, so you're finally sick of, like, letting people walk all over you. Okay. Like, damn, you've been just letting me, like... That betrayal. <laughs> <laughs> like, go through it. Okay. But I feel like it's, like, it is more empowering when you figure it out on your own. Mm-hmm. I would say. Because if she told me what to do, I mean, I could just, you know find myself in the same situation again Mm -hmm. and you would always rely on someone to tell you what to do yeah very true it's in every therapy i say this every episode almost every therapist has a therapist because they can't handle their own shit either yeah so it's nothing saying they're greater than you (laughs) they're good at helping other people solve their problems but they all have a therapist themselves and i I don't know where that line ends, like the chicken and the egg oh, thing. Yeah. Like, where does that end? Like, what? Fine, like a guru the maybe ultimate, doesn't have a therapist. <laughs> you know? The ultimate therapist. <laughs> Dr. Phil. Dr. <laughs> Phil. That's where it ends. He does not have a therapist. I think so. Uh, that would be someone to talk to, Dr. Phil's therapist. Um, see, this is this is interesting stuff because uh, when, you, when you find that power, you keep that power. Like, that's something that... But then you find other things to work on. Like you'll you'll go down another road. Like you figured that part out and she was sitting on it the whole time just waiting. How many times a day do you think she heard someone say the exact same thing? Mm-hmm. You know, in, in eight sessions out of a day, how many times is she just like, oh, God, this again? Like, <laughs> All right. She's going to figure it out, you know, but our problems are so big to us. Yeah. And important. And we want them to be. But think of the therapist on the other end, like. Okay, this sounds familiar. Just heard this two hours ago. You know yeah. what I mean? Like the amount of uh, fortitude they have to have to sit through that and and really empathize and care still, mm-hmm. even though they know where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> like I admire them for that too. Yeah. And they hear some messed up stuff too. <clears throat> I, that's got to be the most interesting ones for them because where it's like, oh, okay, something I haven't heard before. Um, but we're so similar, I think, that it's to be expected. Like a lot of our problems are going to be the same. Uh, we just react to them differently. Yeah. I love that you've you've come to this place because people try for so long to find who they are, who they want to be, like uh, find happiness. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many people spend their entire life, you know, depressed or yeah. hating themselves or guilt, feeling guilt about something or yeah, comparing themselves to others or, or you know, being a, a doormat like being walked on you know i did that my whole life until a couple years ago and i thought that's just what life was i didn't know there was like something else other than that yeah (laughs) i thought it was just miserable and like that life was happening to me Mm -hmm. that like 
I don't know. That's kind of part of it, too. I don't even know how to explain that, but it's like. What's going on, guys? This is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I want to tell you about our newest sponsor, DistroKid. DistroKid distributes your music across all online platforms. They are an amazing company. I've enjoyed working with them the last few weeks, and they're going to be with us for a while, and I really, really appreciate that. I love working with great companies, and DistroKid is one of them. Uh, they have an awesome thing they're doing right now called Splits. Now, if you're working, as most people are, online, doing collaborations with people from all over the country, all over the world, as easy as that is with the internet, uh, you want to get those people paid when you put that music online. And splits can do that. You can add an unlimited amount of collaborators to any track. You can change the splits at any time. You can add or remove collaborators at any time. You can see previous splits. And all your collaborators are going to have to do is sign up for a DistroKid membership, a DistroKid account, so they can get paid. And as always, DistroKid never takes a cut. You and your collaborators get 100% of the earnings in total. A couple other awesome things that they do is they set up an official artist YouTube channel. Uh, you can use Spotify Canvas, synced lyrics, promo card to promote your release on social media, a mini video for your socials as well. There's just so many awesome things about using DistroKid. And like I said, I don't advertise things I don't use, haven't signed up for. I have signed up for this. It is a breeze, literally a breeze. And you can get going right away. So definitely check out DistroKid. And I want to give you 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. That is distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for Peer Pleasure Podcast. Once again, that is 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP. Go check out DistroKid right now. distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for 30% off. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hey guys, this is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I wanted to tell you about Premium Pleasure, our premium subscription service that's available now. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. There's three tiers, tier one, tier two, and tier three. Tier one is $5 a month. It gets you the ad-free experience. Tier two gets you access to the Peer Pleasure Passcast. It gets you access to the videos of the interviews. It gets you merch discounts. Tier three is $20 a month. That gets you all of that. It gets you the Passcast, gets you the video footage, discounts on merchandise, and monthly Zoom calls well, with myself and other guests. We're going to have all kinds of stuff in there for you. There's all kinds of stuff in there for you now. There is, uh, I believe, 30 to 40 videos of these interviews. There is uh, multiple episodes of the Passcast. The Passcast is a podcast that I'd started separately that is me and another podcaster or me and a guest 
uh, discussing a deep dive into their favorite episode of Peer Pleasure. Um, so there's a bunch of those on there. So so-and-so and I would talk about the Chino Moreno episode. So-and-so and I would talk about uh, the Yvette Young episodes. And we would do a deep dive and tell where they came from, how we got the guest, stories of, of that weren't discussed on the podcast or maybe weren't in there. Um, it's just another glimpse behind the curtain. So that's the big deal with this premium service is giving you a glimpse behind the curtain of how the podcast is made, gives you access to things I'm doing and things that we're doing with the show, um, gives you, you know, ad free stuff. It gives you just all kinds of, of things that we could throw in there to help make it a valuable part of your month. Cause I put everything out there on this show. I put everything I have into this show. Um, so being able to give you guys that little bit of extra is a big deal to me and having your support is a big deal to me because if we don't support our artists and creatives, we're not going to have any left. So I appreciate it. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. Go sign up today and get some of this premium pleasure. Having to kind of like take charge of certain things and put the effort into fixing things you kind of take this new perspective where it's like life isn't just happening to me. Life isn't just miserable. Like I can adjust things in my life. I can make different choices. I can close chapters and end friendships and like I've survived. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and like the thing about that too, which is another lesson that I've learned from astrology, but like when you it's a lot about it. It's always going through patterns of like you release things that are no longer serving you in your life and then you make room to invite new things in. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's just been this constant like flow of what's not working. OK, if I can't fix it, get rid of it. Mm -hmm. And then like I actually do have like way more time to explore different things and make new friends and mm -hmm. learn how to play a bass and join nothing. Like I wouldn't have done that if I was stuck being that old person. Yeah. You would have been in that rut. Like mm -hmm. the what's going to happen to me next mm -hmm. instead of control, getting control of the situation and setting out with purpose, waking up with a purpose of what you're, what you want to do, where you want to go, what you want to accomplish instead of what's coming next mm -hmm. which is this this goes to a whole other realm because i've been on this sam harris kick lately of when he talks about free will not existing because everything's at random what we think about is random you know he, he does this little thing there's a whole half an hour like blurb on this which is fascinating um where he talks about like you know pick five movies and so you pick five movies why did you pick those five movies? You didn't pick them because you wanted to. That's just the ones that came into your head out of all the movies. You know what I mean? Like those <laughs> ones came to you at random. Like most thoughts come to you at random. And this is, I'm, I'm butchering this as I'm going to get so many emails on this. This guy's a fucking <laughs> idiot. I get those all the time. Uh, no, I, I really do. Uh, they happen all the time. Like this guy's a moron. Like what is Bro, he talking about? Human. He's butchering this. Um, But just the randomness of like, you know, driving here in your car, like, the thoughts that came in your head came in your head randomly. There's a billion others that could have, but they didn't. Mm -hmm. So that's where you're at. It's weird to think like we're dealt whatever we get. So this brings me, this is a roundabout way of this question. 
but where does astrology stand on control because astrology being you know everything yeah where do we stand at having any control over what happens you know like you're taking control of your life and all those decisions are going to that new subconscious where does astrology stand on that or where do you stand in astrology do you have control of anything in, in astrologically speaking or is it just the greater of everything and we're kind of floating through that? Yeah. Oh my God. I have so many thoughts right now. Awesome. Because um, <laughs> I do too. This is great. Um, first of all, I just had kind of a similar conversation with my friend, George. They are very into astrology, but I watch these like weekly forecasts where they explain the week ahead based on astrology. And I find a lot of comfort in that. And I told George they should check that out. And they were like, hell no, that sounds scary. I don't want to feel like my whole week is planned ahead of time. I'm going to have that in the back of my head at all times. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, like That actually makes a lot of sense. But I feel like um, I almost take it as like little like helpful little warnings or bits of advice that I kind of take with me throughout the week where it's like, um, it might be something like, you know, <laughs> um, on Tuesday, there's going to be a situation that is like, I don't know, unfavorable. I'm, I'm going to like say this totally not cool as well and <laughs> not sound great. We're both just um, <laughs> perfectly fine. But it could be something like, like. The energy on Tuesday is is not great. Just watch out, you know, like take some time for yourself. Take some time to ground. Like maybe don't react that day. Maybe take a breath or maybe wait till Wednesday to respond. And then on Tuesday, maybe a situation will come up and I'll be like, oh, yeah, OK, don't react. Take a minute. Like maybe this is better if I deal with this tomorrow. And I, I just kind of like take this little bits of advice and I feel like I like improve things and it kind of like breaks habits of like, if I didn't hear that, maybe on Tuesday I would have gotten this email and then been like, what the hell? And then, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. And I, I grew up being forced to be Catholic. I went through all of the things I had to go through it all. Um, so religion is not my thing. I, it, I don't know. I, it's not for me. So I don't really feel like it's like a religious thing at all. It's just kind of like little bits of advice that I like, instead of having to tell someone all my problems, there's this kind of like vague thing that's mm -hmm. like, Hey, slow down, take care of yourself. Like, <laughs> or like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> something something greater than yourself. Mm -hmm. Like religion puts on I've I grew up Mormon household, traumatized from that shit. But um so you did confession and stuff like that. Oh yeah. It, oh my god. Okay. I didn't make it that far. You only do that in the Mormon religion when you want to go to the temple or get married, and that's where you sit down even like this fucked up, like like a I guess guys guys typically would talk about these things 
with their friends and you know like sexual things like oh you know like more so than maybe women do in a in a so basically like you would sit down as a young woman with a bishop a male bishop and he would have you tell him everything you've ever done in detail like this in a room with nobody how like violating that is yeah to be able to go to the next level and go to the temple or be found uh uh worthy of entering the temple or getting married in the temple whereas more so than if it was two guys talking about it it's more I, I hate to generalize this that way but like it seems like it would be easier for two guys to talk about that stuff like they would at lunch or you know what <laughs> oh, i went on this date last night but you know that kind of stuff the typical dude yeah versus like a a uh like a grown man an older man sitting there tell me everything you've ever done in detail in church like it's like confession right like confession i've never been to confession but that seems like a similar ground where you're, you're behind this veil or whatever, but you're sitting across a table from this person who's Whoa. who knows if maybe they really want to hear these details and it's <laughs> super creepy. Or is it generally like genuinely they believe that you telling them this is going to get this off your your conscience or whatever. It's super weird. There's a whole podcast yeah. about it. Um, I never made it to that part because I never went to the temple. I was like a. 12 years old i'm like i don't want to do this mm-hmm. <laughs> forced to go until i was 18 but the whole time i was like this is not for me whoa but what is what what is going to confession like <laughs> i'm just curious like the experience like, is it like in the tv shows and the movies where you walk in and he says you know uh you know unburden yourself basically and then mm-hmm. they give you like things say to ten, repetitively say 10 hail marys or something yeah it's exactly like that <laughs> <laughs> like a certain amount of saying this prayer over and over again uh-huh. it's kind of like a mantra uh-huh. i guess but not for the purpose of finding peace but <laughs> doing a it's like ocd like i gotta touch the the doorknob eight times before i open the door you know what i mean it's kind of not to trivialize catholicism people i'm sorry <laughs> but that kind of stuff like it kind of reminds me of like a weird ocd mm-hmm. you know I don't know. I I don't know. Uh, what I, I would have to go when I was like literally a child. Really? And it's funny because as a, ch- as a child, I was like an angel. I didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> and I'd have to go and confess my sins. And I would literally be like, I don't know. But I would have to tell him something. And I'd just be like... I lied to my sister. I hit a kid on the playground. And I'm like, I'm literally just making stuff up to get this. Get it over with. To get this done. Yeah. <laughs> so you're lying, basically. You're like yeah. making things that I made up stories in confession. Man, I've kind of like weirdly wanted to just walk into a Catholic church and pop in there and just see what it's just like. See. Walk in the confessional. Yeah. And just kind of like, all right, let's do this. It's creepy. It seems really strange. Catholicism has a very strong visual aspect too, like the, yeah. the, the like the nuns and the the altar boys and the ornateness of the outfits, like that band Ghost. <laughs> like they look so cool because it's that. <laughs> like Catholicism nailed it with that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like the imagery is just crazy cool. But 
there's just so much else behind it. Like that, that guilt everywhere, that Catholic yeah. guilt, Mormon guilt, like all, all of it is just guilt. Doyle in nothing really likes like really crazy looking like churches and stuff. Like when we're in Europe and mm-hmm. other countries and he always wants to go see them. And, um, I don't know if he does, but I have like a Jesus tattoo and stuff and there's no, no meaning behind it. It's literally just like, my friend tattoos and it looked cool. So I got it. Um, but we both talk about how once you've gone through that childhood and you've gone through that process, you earn the right to use whatever religious imagery that you want. Cause it looks really cool. <laughs> <laughs> like the Jesus on the candle and every like it looks so grocery cool. store, that kind of thing. It like looks the, so cool. Yeah. Yeah. The colors, the 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 symmetric, the symmetry. Uh huh. Like there's always the stuff Stained behind glass. it. Yes, it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. <laughs> there's a place, one of my favorite places in Europe. I, I'm pretty sure you guys had a picture of you guys in front of it, but it's in in Cologne, Germany, the Dome Cathedral, mm-hmm. where you basically have to look straight up at the sky to see yeah. up it, and it's a giant like iron cross. Uh huh. If you fly over it. Uh huh. it's so cool (laughs) it's so awesome i felt this presence there like there's like street performer you've been there now yeah Mm -hmm. but like street performers and stuff if you look it up though online it was bombed in world war ii and there's a picture of a soldier with like his head in his hands and an overturned tank with a giant hole in the side of that place it's been bombed three times and it's still standing and still getting fixed like they're always doing construction on it but they started building that and like long ago all by hand everything like just like year people spent their whole lives working on that thing Mm -hmm. and it's like just black and like yeah it's so cool it's so cool and you can buy a a t-shirt across the the promenade from it or whatever and then there's a big like train station rolling through it like Uh next to it i love that stuff yeah just feeling the i don't think it's even the religious energy i think it's being in construction the amount of sweat and and work that went into it is what I feel. Mm-hmm. Like when you grab a guitar that's, you know, 50 years old, you feel all those hours that someone put into that, mm-hmm. that energy. But you feel that collective ne- energy in those old buildings because it was like someone spent their entire life there. <laughs> yeah. That's what they did. That one building. Yeah. You know, I've been doing construction for 10 years and I can count like eight or nine buildings I've worked on in the skyline of portland but i didn't spend my whole life there that wasn't what i lived for when someone does that that power just sticks to it oh yeah so intricate kumbaya but like the that's exactly what i feel yeah (laughs) it's crazy like you don't see that over here Mm. at all but you get over to europe and everything's just so much beyond you know the ground you're standing on is just as old here, <laughs> but like the 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 artifacts left behind, yeah, like that, or yeah. I, I can't even explain it in words. It's just a solemn place of, uh, you know, like the reverence. I guess it's so weird. You can tune out all those people around you, and kind of just experience the thing. Mm-hmm. You know, they have that huge flown piano or organ in that place, so you can hear. So the music's coming from yeah. above. Yeah. You can't build taller than the tallest steeple, I believe, of the churches. It's like a rule over there. Oh, wow. Um, so you can always see it from anywhere in the village or or the, the town. 
we did stand in a castle once and i was saying to johnny i was like man someone like with power stood here at one point mm-hmm. and they were looking around it's nighttime and i see the golden arches of mcdonald's and i'm just <laughs> like oh this kills the entire thing but um man you're inspiring me to look into some more astrology stuff because i always just throw it aside i've never read the horoscopes or anything like that like, yeah because to me it seems like cold reading almost like a psychic would what mm-hmm. are you into psychics i've never gone but i'm or a medium i don't know i don't know you never had a palm reading no i'm very curious but that might be a little too too much i don't know <laughs> okay because that's what when that's the way as a child reading the newspaper and stuff for the comic section or whatever i always see the horoscopes and i just always put them down i never read them because i started to feel like that was it. like if i if it tells me that like you're saying with your with your self uh subconscious mm-hmm. being changed that everything i made every decision i made would go through that lens mm-hmm. but not in the good way like mm-hmm. you're doing it would be like okay this guy at the newspaper wrote this out you know, up back in Alaska, like, oh, you know, uh, yeah, this is going to happen here, you know, yeah. or try this, <laughs> um, you know, who paid for this? Like who paid? Hey, throw this out in the horoscope this week. Yeah. Let's, you know, it's like at a restaurant. Hey, the fish is going bad. So push it for the sale today. Yeah. Um, that kind of thing. Like you start to get that conspiracy theory mindset. I do. Anyways, I um, get it. I totally get it. <laughs> So you're doing things for good. Like you're doing, you have a pure heart and a pure mind in this where I'm just like, who's trying to fuck me over? Like when I'm, when I'm looking at it and I need to maybe look at it differently with more of an open mind, because what you're saying, like where you've come from, because I remember chatting back then too, like you were a different person entirely. Like you were still like coming out of that time. Like there was some bad shit going on. Uh huh. But just your overall aura right now is just so positive. And that's why I was asking, like, what did you do? Like, what, <laughs> what, what, what secret have you unlocked here? A lot, you a know? lot. Changed everything. Yeah. And that takes, that takes some guts to do that. Uh-huh. To take everything you've known and say, this is not right. And press forward into something new. Maybe yeah. one of the most terrifying things to do as an adult. Definitely. You and know? there's a lot of grieving. Yeah. There's a lot of people that aren't in my life anymore. And Gaujue almost like I thought was not in my life anymore, but it is. Um, yeah, it took a lot of like grieving real relationships with people that yeah. like, yeah, it's not easy. <laughs> but that's also another thing is that I was doing therapy for I think like a year or so. And I started when I was in Florida, and then when I moved to Portland, they have these rules where um, a basically I wasn't supposed to see her anymore. Yes, because state lines. yeah, because mm-hmm. I moved, and we had a really good relationship, and that was really sad for both of us. But at the same time, it came at a really good time because I was also questioning things like I felt like my whole life was becoming this like constant work in progress and it was like okay I go to therapy and then I spend the week picking myself back up from therapy and then I'm in therapy again and every week is the same cycle and by the time we both had to say goodbye to each other I was like this is actually really great because I think I need to enjoy life now 
and not just see myself as a constant work in progress. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Put it to task. Mm -hmm. Take what you've learned and, and yeah, mm -hmm. that's a good thought. That's a really good thought because it becomes cyclonic. Like it's just like same thing over and over again. You don't get to test any of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I need this. So every Friday at whatever time for me, it's usually Thursdays. Uh, I have therapy like you never get to like, like okay take this for homework and try it out like you don't really really get to do it until you don't have that safety net anymore yeah you know training wheels come off mm -hmm. put these concepts to test that's horrifying as an adult <laughs> like as a kid you want to always reinvent yourself you go to a new school you go to you know like you get a chance to start over like some kids look at moving, I think, as like, oh, no, I'm never going to see my friends again. Today's day and age, you can just hop on a FaceTime or whatever. It wasn't like when we were kids, like where it's like, no, you're gone. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's a long distance call. No, you can't call. <laughs> um, but as an adult, to change that way, it seems unnatural. Like it's it's a jarring thing. I, I, I applaud you for this because... Yeah, it's not easy. And moving completely across country, like as far as you can go, mm -hmm. is uh, is is wild. And then, like you and Tommy, he's in other bands. Uh -huh. you're in other, so you're not touring at the same time all the time. So I'm sure there was times you were just sitting in that place by yourself. Oh, yeah. Hashing this out. Like, what <laughs> is going on? Like, you know, like, mm -hmm. especially during like COVID, as COVID was wrapping up a little bit and touring starts again. You're alone. He's there alone. You're out on the road. Like you guys had each other for a while mm -hmm. and then you're split apart then not in the same band anymore like oh we're going on tour next month this nick no i'm going on tour next yeah. month. yeah so you get the apartment to cry and and be alone <laughs> you know that's also kind of scary because you guys moved here together yeah not really knowing many people mm -hmm. or what to do and then here you are locked down boom mm -hmm. you know such a weird time for everyone but in situations like that it's really strange you know yeah uh, oh i was talking the other day uh on a probably a, a probably it was probably an episode i don't remember but just how like it was an episode of a different podcast but it was it was how in construction my life didn't change much i went to work people were in masks but we were essential work so i went to work every day like everything was normal I had pretty much established the podcast as a Zoom podcast, so mm -hmm. that continued as normal. I got home. My kids, you know, like, everything was normal. They're <laughs> homeschooled still, so they had their school day, and everything's normal. The only thing that's weird is when I go to the store or go somewhere outside of my circle Yeah. for so long. And I'm like, man, okay, this is... It was delaying the inevitable, I think, because once everything came back to normal, air quotes, it's not. It's not the way it was. Mm -hmm. And now that grieving and that hopelessness has crept into my brain like nothing else. The world will never be the same. You know, like I, there's these simple little things you used to be able to do that you can't like the overall, you know, I look at Portland now after COVID it's terrifying some spots where it's mm -hmm. just like, what is happening? Yeah. At 5am when I'm driving to work through downtown, 
there's people just walking in front of my truck and just kind of looking at me like hit me Ugh. It, it, yeah just dead behind the eyes things are on fire it's it's crazy and i'm just trying so hard to pull out of that but i feel like i'm getting that now instead of during the actual event so i feel like i'm grieving the world the way it was now that i can actually do things it's mm-hmm. super weird it's like i'm sabotaging myself to like okay you weren't you didn't go through this the same way as others so now it's your turn to be affected by this almost like a interesting like a guilt. yeah mm-hmm. um I'm, I'm trying to process it in my brain, but it feels like that now. Like you had it pretty good during COVID. Now it's your time to suffer. Like I feel guilty for, no, you know, I went to work every day to support my family. It was a dangerous thing to go to work every day, but I had to, there's mm-hmm. no other choice. So, but I got to feel that normalcy still when other people weren't like those right. times, say you were, you were in the apartment, like having a breakdown because your whole <laughs> life had stopped. Yeah. I'm at work doing my thing yeah driving home playing with the kids nothing's changed yeah so it's this weird uh relationship i have with that um situation anyway that's a whole other yeah but it's it's weird it's very weird how different it was for everyone yeah (laughs) i quit my job for tour we were literally about to leave and then that's when the world shut down Mm -hmm. so my whole everything I usually would do was not a thing anymore and we spent months trying to fix it but we had no idea when it was going to end and Mm -hmm. yeah how did you were talking about you know with this change losing friendships you know losing people gaining the like how did that all come around with Gaujaway, like the the people in Gaujaway, like coming back, like when you you said this is over, I'm done with this, uh-huh. which shattered a lot of their lives, probably to like well, this is our identity. Yeah. <laughs> how how did you come back from that with them? Um. <laughs> well, it shattered everyone's identity for sure. Um, and then we had the group chat, it just continued to exist. And Mm -hmm. every few months I would notice someone would pop in and be like, we should play a show. We should, we had all these things demoed. Like we were planning on recording in 2020, like August, Mm -hmm. 2020, we had it booked and like, we're going to do that. And we had all this stuff demoed, but I was like, I was fine. I was like, I'm okay if nothing ever happens ever again with this. Um, But yeah, I would notice every once in a while, they would try to discreetly be like, we should put a song out. We should play a show. Like trying to like put the feelers out there. And I was just like, no, I'm not into it. And that went on for a long time until I think it was... um, I basically, I had a friend who took their own life Mm -hmm. Um, and we had like a kind of dark last moment and 
it bothered me so much. Like, for a really long time. <laughs> and, um... I just... It made me think about how, like, I had felt that low before. And we had a song about that. <laughs> and it made me start going back and listening to that song that was demoed. And, like, I was just, like, crying about my friend. Just, like... Um, like, when you know how low that feels... And how that, like, that feels like a real option to you. Like, it's something that, like, you can't even explain. It's just something, like, some people live and some people don't. Um, and, yeah, I just was, like, in a lot of pain over, like, feeling like I understood that and wishing I had known so I could have done something. Mm -hmm. And um, it just made me feel like I don't know if it's selfish but being like we have these songs that are we really like and I'm just holding them hostage and I don't want them to just die on our hard drives and that was just kind of the thing that like got it going again was me just like listening to this song over and over again you you've got you got to the point that your friend did mm -hmm. like this is it kind of that's oh yeah <laughs> yeah wow i'm sorry about your friend i really that oh, that is terrible but the fact that you've gotten to that point yourself is also uh pretty substantial to be able to when someone does that, to be able to know what that feels like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> In, like, oh. late 2019, early 2020, that's, like, when I was feeling the worst. And um, I had always, like, I had, like, self-harm since I was a teenager. And that's interesting, too, because I feel like there's, like, a stigma against it that's like people do that just for attention mm -hmm. and which is like fucked up because it's a cry for help mm -hmm. even if it's for attention like it's a cry for help at the end of the day mm -hmm. um but i was so embarrassed by that stigma that i like completely hid it and did not want anyone to find out mm -hmm. but then um my mom did and I had to deal with that as a, as a teenager. Yeah. And um, then in like, uh, I think it was early 2020, maybe t late tw 2019. I don't know. But like around that period, I was, I always like would fall back on that, but I was doing it again. And it's like, I'm a full grown adult still doing this and I'm still keeping it a secret. I don't want anyone to find out like it's embarrassing to me. But at the same time, I didn't realize this until recently, but I went to like a general like checkup and they were like asking these like kind of typical questions and they were also asking me like mental health questions. And I was just like really defeated with my life and just like 
didn't care. And I was just answering honestly. And I went down this like rabbit hole of depression questions that ended with them prescribing me antidepressants. And I was like, really pissed off. And I was like complaining to my mom about it. I was like, who does this doctor think they are? Just like, they don't even know me. And they're like prescribing me this. And she's like, well, are you doing it again? And I was just like, ugh, (laughs) like fuck. (laughs) And I feel like that was probably subconsciously my version of like a cry for help was like telling this doctor even though I was like fuck you for trying to help me I feel like I just wanted someone out there to know but yeah (laughs) it was easier with someone that didn't know it was exactly that that they didn't know you yeah they don't know who I am you projected that anger to your mom like these people don't know who the fuck I am but in your head (laughs) these people don't know who the fuck I am I can talk to them yeah kind of thing yeah but then you're because i can leave out. and never yeah. go back yep. which is never exactly have to see what again. <laughs> it goes in a chart and that's it like yeah um man yeah but i think like having that moment of like having to confess that to my mom mm-hmm. and having to deal with her heartbreak over that and then i told tommy and having mm-hmm. him like his heartbreak over that just like I don't know. I think people need to let someone know because I think seeing someone else get upset about that, Mm -hmm. it's like I'm being reckless. I'm like being careless with my own life. But then seeing someone else who cares that much is like, oh, crap. Okay, like I don't want to do something stupid because I'm like worried more about you (laughs) right Mm now. Mm-hmm. So your mom reacted with compassion, mm-hmm. not shame or anything. Like, that's incredible. Like being from like come from the Catholic side of things where you rule things by fear and guilt that she reacted with compassion. That's beautiful because that would break a mom's heart. Like, yeah. it, you know, <laughs> I'm a parent. I would that would crush me, yeah. but I would hope I would react with that compassion you know and i'm sure tommy same way was probably heartbroken like you said but like also responded with compassion i would hope like because you guys have been you guys have been together for years like Mm -hmm. like that's your rock like that's your you know yeah man i that stuff is so you talk about the stigma like people make jokes about it you know oh so and so oh she's probably a cutter or like a um you know, they make fun of it because they don't understand it. Mm-hmm. And I I don't get that side of it, how you can m- shame someone for that kind of thing. Because it is like my sister uh, committed suicide. and But the way she was doing it, this was repetitive. The way she was doing it, some people would say was for attention like we're talking about in that way where she would threaten to do this Mm. and then do this. And her boyfriend would come home from work and find her and save her in that way. Uh, It wouldn't get to the point where she would pass. 
And in this particular time, he didn't come home from work on time. He got stuck doing something later and she passed away because he didn't get there in time to save her. So I also have a hard time saying that she committed suicide because I don't, I don't know if she truly wanted that in the end. Yeah. More than she wanted someone to help her figure out what's going on and, and find a way to be happy. Yeah. And maybe that was the only way she knew how to do that. And it went too far versus just a blatant act of ending it. I still don't know, but those cries for help are so important. And when people shame them and yeah, the whole stigma thing shouldn't even exist, you mm -hmm. know, like even if it is, even if it is for attention in some people, it's still a warning sign of something deeper that needs to be addressed or at least try. Yeah. You know, I, I just, I go so many different places with this stuff because you know, I've been on antidepressants before and it it's awful. Mm -hmm. It makes you feel like a drone. You know, I've never gotten to the place like you're talking about of being in that spot where I could choose one or the other. Like, you know what? I'm there. I've never gotten to that point. So I don't know what it feels like, but I've gotten pretty damn close mm -hmm. to bottom of bottom of the low. And it's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> because for me, it's it's not the hurt. It's the, the apathy. Like I shut off and no longer care. Yeah. So there's times where I've been like, you know, what happens if I don't push the brakes on this bridge or into this towards this wall? What if I just didn't do that? It's not like a directive. Like I want to do that. It's what if like who yeah. cares? That's what's scary yeah, to me because I can't speak to the other, but I definitely know what it feels like to completely lose hope and any kind of care for anything, mm -hmm. which I don't talk about very much, but like it's, it, it's, it's gotten there a lot to where it doesn't progress beyond that. It gets that point and then I come out of it. But when I'm in that mode, who knows? And that's the scary part because it's, it's, uh, maybe that is that version. Maybe that's my version of it. Maybe it doesn't go lower than that. I don't know. Yeah. But I definitely, uh, I empathize with, with, uh, being in that, that spot because it's such a vulnerable place. And yeah. And when you have apathy and you just don't care, I mean, it's hard to like, what do you do when you don't care? Yeah. How do you come out of it <laughs> yeah. when you have nothing to care? And that's the thing. Like everything else in my life just goes away. Mm -hmm. Like I'm a dad, yeah. but I no longer think of that. It's kind of like if you've lost someone to like, um, like cancer or something like where it's, where it's a slow or like a, like a, you watch the whole progression where, you know, you talk to the people at hospice and they tell you how it's like, uh, eventually, they stop speaking, stop eating, stop doing all these things because their process is starting to where they're starting to disassociate themselves from life so they can do what they need to do to pass. And that 
when you see that, like, so yes, you love your family, but at some point they talk about, they'll stop like thinking about that. And maybe they'll want you to leave the room. They'll know you're there, but they won't go until you leave the room because they're embarrassed or they want to be, you know, you start to not disassociate, but you start to say goodbye to the things that you love. Mm -hmm. It kind of feels like that where, cause I don't think about them in that moment. I don't think about anything, but myself selfishly, and that I don't care. That's the weird thing. I They just go away for a minute. Yeah. And that scares me too. Because that is like my life. And the fact that they're just like out of my head for 10 minutes. While those thoughts are in my head. It's weird. But it never goes to like do it. Mm-hmm. It's just. Yeah. What if. Yeah. I feel like I'm rambling on here about this. But like the. It's just a weird thing. I I I talk about it every once in a while, but like, no, it's getting that it's point is strange. Relatable. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because I, I feel like I'm just rambling down a rabbit hole, but like, it's just so real in that moment too. Yeah. Even though you don't care, you feel the gravity of it. Like, really, is that it? Like, this is this is what you're thinking about right now. Um. And that's something I'm working through with my therapist and stuff that trying to figure out the whys on that yeah and where what triggers that point anyway do you think it's helping i think so it's less frequent but when it happens okay. it's just as low so it's like it's kind of a muddy hill where you can start climbing but it's really easy to go all the way back to the bottom again yeah. but i think the working my way out of it over and over again is helping to be able to come out of it at least enough to function where um, that's the other, the other thing that's weird is I can turn it on and off. This is the weird part that we're trying to figure out. Like if we had this scheduled, if I was in here in that moment, in that place and you texted like, Hey, I'm here. I would have come up and got you and we'd be doing this just like this. Mm -hmm. And then when you're gone, I would go right back to that place but I can turn it off for long enough to do something in a professional setting. Yeah. A lot of people can't do that. They'll cancel whatever. Or yeah. I just have to shut it off for a second. You know, um, there's like high functioning anxiety. I wonder if that's like high functioning. Could be something else. <laughs> but going back to religion, growing up Mormon, it's always put your face on. Like yeah. you're fighting in the car all the way to dinner with the grandparents. But when she walked in that door, all right, face is on. Everything's good. I spent my whole life doing that. When inside, it was just like, Rah! like, yeah, I was just screaming at you. And now we're like, hey, yeah. Oh, hey, mom, can you do that? You know, maybe relate to that. Some of that, too. I don't know. <laughs> but like that, that part really conditions you to put on a brave face. And, yeah. And then break down somewhere else. <laughs> some weird shit here i'm sorry <laughs> don't be sorry let me dump all this shit on you here uh yeah i don't know i don't know where to go with that like it's it's just a weird spot and and talking to you about your situation as well like it always brings up those similarities and differences of these just the human experience of being 
a being that can be the highest of the high and the lowest of the low, a brain that could sabotage yourself or completely change your life. Like you've done the, 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 the power for good is just as good as the power for evil in your brain. I feel like, like it's, you can, you can go, uh, what's the, what's the, the phrase Dana Gould was telling me this about Robin Williams you better expect that if a sports car could go 150 miles an hour forward, it can go that fast in reverse. Yeah. And that made a lot of sense to where we have the power. It's just which direction are we going to go? And that's what's inspiring about what you're telling me is, you know, getting to that place where you're happy and feeling good and, and happy with where you've been from being so low. Mm-hmm. We can still talk about the low shit, but you're a different person at this point and would come far out of it. It's crazy. And you did that in your own mind. <laughs> yeah. You went in there and talked to yourself. That's so fucking cool. Yeah. Like, I'm so stoked for this because it's <laughs> just, and uh, yeah, just a completely different, in a completely different pr- place. It's beautiful. Yeah. I, I think like, I mean, obviously that I still have days and I feel like my like, baseline level is a lot happier and lighter and stuff but obviously there's days there's things that happen in life that suck and I'll be upset or something um but I feel like because my whole life I thought life was this certain way and now that I know that it doesn't have to be I feel like those red flags are going to go crazy if like that starts up again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it it's like it's still work. It's just like it's always going to be work mm-hmm. to stay above that. But I think it gets easier, but it's just making changes in your life, like real actual changes. Yeah. It takes a lot to look at yourself and say, I'm not happy with this. Mm-hmm. Like you spend your whole life living, growing, going to school, learning things, going through trials and tribulations. And I think to come to a point where you say that's not good enough is a real weird spot to come to, to say everything I've done so far hasn't worked. And I'm not happy with this person and I'm going to change. It kind of, it doesn't necessarily negate all the work that was done in advance up to yeah. that point, but it kind of does. It kind of just says, no, <laughs> you know, like you spend 30, 35 years doing something a certain way and then just say, nope, let's start again. Mm-hmm. That's huge. That's huge. That takes a lot of lot of guts to do something like that and, and then believe that you can and then do it. You know, I applaud you for that. That's a huge. Thank you. A huge place to be, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, very inspiring. And to be able to, you know, sit in this studio and uh, talk about stuff like this. Mm-hmm you know, have these kind of conversations. Like the conversation we're having right now is a conversation I wouldn't have with a therapist to like 
the twelfth visit. You know, but we just <laughs> yeah. do it like yeah, like it's nothing, and not that it's nothing, but like it's just we go from you know subject to subject. But when things like this come up, too, it's being in this situation is is where I feel the most comfortable, I guess, because mm-hmm. it's the most real. Yeah. It's not pleasantries. It's not that, you know what I mean? To be able to connect with somebody and like share these moments like this, like people will listen to this and maybe they'll take something from it or whatever, but they're not here. They're not doing this right now. And that's, these are the things that I cherish most about this show is experiencing these things with somebody in real time Mm -hmm. like these are recording it but we're doing this (laughs) you know what i mean like this is a a memory i'll have forever like yeah they all like have special things about them but like these are the kind of things that really find the humanity you know like it's not uh, hey what's this song what we went to this note in this you know yeah like we're talking about the beginning to come full circle is (laughs) it just never goes that route Uh uh-huh fully yeah and uh (laughs) You know, uh, I've been looking forward to this chat for like, like the second we're like, all right, this is the day it's happening. I was like, awesome. I was just Me looking too. forward to it. <laughs> I wasn't like looking up shit and like doing it. I was like, nope, this is the day. Awesome. Yeah. All day at work. I was just like, man, f- fuck whatever happens here right now. Like this afternoon is going to be awesome. Like that. I was just looking forward to this. Me too. Um, Because. You know, it's only happened twice now, but like we tend to really have a good time, like and and go to some places and learn some things. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm just really, really happy that you're you're in a good place. You know, bands back together, doing things. <laughs> you know, you've gone through hell, we've come on the other side of it, and you can see it. You can see it in your face, like it, like it's. A whole different aura. Like it's awesome. Thank it's you. Awesome. Um, not to ramble on too much about it, but I really think I hope it inspires people. To try. It's inspiring me to look back into trying to work on meditation, trying to work on mindfulness, and it's just such an important thing. It's just so easy to get out of it and yeah. not put in the time. It's giving me perspective too, though, because like we talked about how our COVID experiences were different mm-hmm. and you had to just your life for the most part, your routine stayed the same and mine didn't. And in the billions of ways, COVID was horrible. Um, the It gave me this huge opportunity mm-hmm. that like it's such a like I wouldn't have had this Um if my routine continued, if COVID didn't happen and my full year of 2020 was booked the way it was supposed to be, like I wouldn't have had all this space and time to do these things. So I think it's like an extra, um, it's it's extra hard to like not have that break and that space to get to explore those Mm -hmm. things. It may have saved your life. I think so. In a way, I, I mean, truly, from what you're saying, like it seems like that is what gave you the the time to discover what was always there, mm-hmm. but discover it for yourself, which takes the time. But I hope you and everyone else can have the, that break too, that time. We will. <laughs> we will. It's just going to take, it's just a different road. Yeah. 
you know, it's conversations like this that help me like pull out of that. Like at no point in this conversation have I gone to that spot. I've talked about it, but I've not gone to that spot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's been a good thing. Like it's a positive, even the negative. So it's a positive thing connecting yeah. with somebody on a deep level, hearing their story of how they, you know, are where they are right now. It's wonderful. And, you know, I'm just so glad you're doing so much in music and, you know, cause your music's fantastic. And, uh, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you know, there's so much there like this, this new song that you, that you guys put out, this one was written a long time ago. Is that yeah. what you're saying? Yeah. Because it's just, there's something, the delivery, your vocal delivery in this <laughs> song is so almost hauntingly stoic. <laughs> like it, it's so, I trying to describe it, what it makes me feel, but it's like this, like, it's almost casual and spoken at times, but it's done so, de- I can tell it was done deliberately that way. It wasn't like, oh, you know, I'm just like, it, that's exactly how it was supposed to be delivered. And it gives me chills. <laughs> I was driving the other day and I put it on and I was just, I had headphones on because my son was in the, the truck and, and uh, I just wanted to absorb it. And it's like, it's like hauntingly perfect. Like it's just so good. Thank and you. uh that's where it, like literally goosebumps, like just like you have you have a talent at delivering your art in a way that just it makes me and I'm sure other people feel things. Like I get something from it. It's not just like that's a cool song. <laughs> it's like that was an experience for a oh, minute. Like that's so cool. Uh, I love it. So I mean, and cheers to you on that. And I had no idea it was written so long ago. Like it feels like it would be written right now. Yeah, we've been sitting on it for a while, mm-hmm. and it's it's funny to hear all this nice feedback because um, today we found the corners of the internet where all the negative stuff was sitting and really <laughs> yeah oh no but it's okay it's okay um what do they what do they say <laughs> what negative parts of this do they... uh that it's boring what uh yeah stuff like that but it's okay because when people think of gouge away they have this idea in their head of what we sound like when we're supposed to be Uh and our first single back in like three years or something i don't know um we could have done something expected we could have done a banger or a boppy one or an aggressive one we could have done a catchy one we could have given you something that you would expect but we picked our favorite song and that we all like and the conversation took two minutes and we're just like this is the one Uh and people told us it was a brave decision and we're like whatever (laughs) so oh a brave decision yeah i still think people understand or recognize genius (laughs) and i don't mean that in like an ass-kissing way but like the way it's got the like it's got the same feel i get when i listen to and not that it sounds like this but i get the same feeling from like fugazi where every note and every whether it's on key off key flat 
is uh-huh. there for a reason and it was deliberately put there that's why it's so cool and that's what i feel like when i listen to that song like every note choice every word the phrasing was all done with purpose that's what makes it so interesting because it a casual listener could listen to it and it would flow right over them but it's where yeah. you look at it from a different lens we're talking about finding a different lens in your subconscious that's where the genius comes out and that's where like that's why that is a good song <laughs> and that's what i feel but um the corners of the internet <laughs> the same people saying i'm an idiot it's all right. doesn't know what he's talking about what the fuck spent three hours before he got to one question uh I get that shit all the time this guy's a this guy's a more hey uh, it's your show yeah my buddy john says do better like that's his response to that your show sucks do better yeah yeah well, well i don't have one mm-hmm. exactly you don't have to listen this isn't on the radio you pick it and push play I don't have time mm. to criticize everything I hear and come across. So mm. maybe y'all should get some hobbies or something. <laughs> Do you have any hobbies? Um, gouge away. <laughs> <laughs> gouge away is the and hobby. <laughs> yeah, you do some incredible art as well. I uh, I'm into RC cars cool that's my thing i got him in the basement i was working on last night my 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 daughter's like what are you playing with your little cars i'm like why is everything little yes it is little but it's like those are i love it 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 calms me down like we talk about all these bad thoughts if i'm out with like an rc car for an hour i didn't think about anything else that entire hour that's awesome it's great it's just but it's totally nerdy i even have a uh on my remote, I have a lanyard so I can put it around my neck. <laughs> so it stays there and I can go do things and still have it right there. I look like such a nerd. Uh, I should post a picture of it. It's embarrassing. I love that. But if it, it, I'll walk out of there. It's just like hanging here. It controls all my cars. Like I could just push a button to whatever one I want to control. And I just think to myself, like, I would have laughed my ass off at myself 20 years ago. Like, look at that dad out there you know driving his little forerunner or whatever that's awesome Uh, but i love it it's awesome your kids aren't into it no not really uh not really my son's not into any of that stuff my daughter's just kind of like eh, it's kind of cool but i'd rather do this she's an artist as well cool she'd rather like get some clay out or make a painting or she creates everything out of garbage like Oh, I'm throwing the cereal box away. No, no, dad. I can make a cat bed out of that. Or I can make a house out of this box. Or I can. She repurposes everything. It's incredible. Mm. The things she'll make. Like she'll make me a character from (laughs) Q-tips and stuff that was getting thrown away or she found in the yard. Oh, she'll see something uh, like a bandana on the ground. Oh, let me grab that. I'm going to take it home, make a parachute or like wow she just knows yeah so i get bummed out when she doesn't want to go do rc cars with me <laughs> but i need to realize like she has stuff that she wants to do yeah and i need to, we love doing legos together too that's the other thing building lego stuff can you build an rc car out of trash or found objects no but i found a lego <laughs> city set that was like a rock crawler uh with working suspension mm-hmm 
And she flipped out about that because I was like, I'm going to build this and put it on my workbench because it's kind of cool, fits with the stuff. She's like, Dad, are you going to put that in your workbench now? Because I kind of want to play with that. And I was like, yes. Oh. So she's been playing with it ever since. She's like, oh, it's so cool. I was like, That's cool. but I can make this work with remote control. <laughs> so anyway, she's 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 getting into it, but she's not there yet. How old is, is she? Fine. She's turning 10 tomorrow. Whoa. Oh, happy birthday. Yeah, she'll be 10 tomorrow. I'm uh, double digits. Whoa. It's crazy. Oh. I was telling her, you never get to go back to single digits again. It's all double. Mm. They get to triple. But uh, wow. who, knows? who knows if anyone will live that long anymore? I don't know who would want to. Once you get to like 99 years old, it's like, yeah. Ah, yeah. Good. Anyways, thank you for doing this. This has been really awesome. Thank you. I, I, hour and a half. Wow. I, <laughs> this was I, fun. I haven't looked at this thing even once. Uh, yeah. Thank you very much i really appreciate it thank you my episode better be better than nikki's we'll see i'm I'm sure probably will (laughs) this is our second time i've never met him we'll see what happens and it's over zoom so uh Mm. stream yard it's over stream yard all right i'm gonna shut this off all right guys i hope you enjoyed that conversation that part two appearance of christina michelle from nothing and from gouge away what a fa- fascinating human being. Uh, it was awesome just being in the same place, connecting. Um, I really have gotten out of the habit of doing that because we haven't done many in-person interviews uh, since COVID and since uh, this new studio. So uh, it was awesome to get that done in person. And she also stuck around because uh, I'm not sure if it's coming out next week, maybe the week after, but Nikki from Nothing came on and she stuck around to surprise him on the zoom call when he called in from new york so or pennsylvania i think but uh that was awesome too it was kind of a surprise and and anyways that episode's coming as well uh but go check out the new gougeway stuff uh go check out her work with nothing uh on the road and uh man just check out everything she does she's she's fantastic a fantastic human being um lots of good things to say an incredible journey finding herself and and coming back from the darkness and that's something i think we can all take a lot from so thank you again for listening thank you for coming back week after week please give us a review or a rating wherever you're listening to this it really helps us out i know it sounds stupid but it really really helps us out continue doing that because um definitely helps us with chart position helps us you know legitimize the show and uh you know if the show's helped you in any way please just take five minutes write us a review Uh, We'd really, really enjoy that. All right, guys, I'm going to get out of here. I got tons to do. It was a busy weekend. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this. I did very, very much. All right. As always, we'll see you on the radio.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.